Good morning. This morning, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that might make some of you uncomfortable, heaven. Some of us think about heaven and think, okay, someday I'm going to have to go there. But when we really think about it, we think about leaving our earthly place with all our friends, our relatives, our loved ones, and we don't want to go there. We just don't want to leave. But I was reading a book several months ago now at just the right time in my life. It's called Imagine Heaven. The book is by John Burke, and he gives us interviews with several people, over a hundred, and there were more, but the interviews were compiled in a book over 35 years of interviews. And it gave, gave me a real positive outlook on what imagine my, what heaven might look like. And it really inspired me to not be afraid. Heaven isn't a cloudy, disembodied, non-physical existence. We can't really get excited about that, can we? It can't possibly be a boring, never-ending church sermon with some singing of songs sprinkled in. We can't get excited about that either, can we? How you picture heaven affects everything in your life. How you prioritize love, how willing you are to sacrifice for the long term, and how you view suffering and what you fear or you don't fear. I'm convinced that we should try even though we can't really imagine the picture of how spectacular and fun heaven's going to be. In 1 Corinthians, it says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But maybe, through the people's interviews, we can just get a small glimpse of what heaven might be like. In 1982, Gallup poll reported that 8 million people have had near-death episodes. In the last 40 years, since Dr. Raymond Moody coined that term, the studies in the USA and Germany suggest that 13 million people, that's 1 in 25 Americans, have had near-death experience episodes. That's 4.2 percent of the population. Of that information, um, many of them, 75.4 percent, reported an experience of separation of consciousness from the physical body. 76.2% experienced an intense and general positive experience. 64.6% uh, encountered a mystical or brilliant light. 57.3% experienced encountered other beings, either mystical or deceased relatives or friends. I found that pretty comforting and 58% were aware of a decision to return to their body. 
So what's heaven like? No words can express its beauty, said Gary. The kind of love that I experienced there cannot be expressed by words, said Gerard. People were interviewed from all walks of life, anything from professors in colleges, airline pilots, factory workers, Buddhist, Hindu, and Muslim people. People that didn't want to lose their credibility. They had nothing to gain and a lot to lose. They didn't want money. They didn't want praise. They didn't want to write a book. They didn't want anything but to share their story. Every detail of living will be there to be looked at. The good, the bad, the high points, the run of the mill. What did you do with your life? What did you do to glorify him, not you? The real question is how much have you loved with your life? Have you loved others as I've been loving you totally and unconditionally? In Isaiah 43, 6 and 7, God says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God made you for himself, not to prove your glory, but to be his glory, his pride and joy. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12 through 13, heaven will be that place where you realize how uniquely loved you are. He doesn't want you to wait until heaven to realize that. So I've been asked multiple times to share my story about how I continue to stay strong in my faith when I faced what I thought was my mortality. I was told that I had cancer that I was not going to live, and probably not for very long. From the first night that we were told that, I kept saying, I'm going to be okay. I don't know whether God had one hand and Randy had the other. And it was a balance. We were all saying, I'm going to be okay. But I just didn't think it was going to happen. I kept praying. I wanted to weave that into my story because I don't think that it's a coincidence that this book, Imagine Heaven, was dropped into my lap just a couple weeks before I got so sick. Even though the Bible tells us all the way through what heaven's going to be like and it's going to be okay, this book took people's experiences and put it in my terms. It helped me realize it was going to be really okay. So when I thought I was facing my own mortality, I was calm. And I was almost looking forward to the next phase of my eternal life. I was sad for my family, and I didn't want to miss out on what was going to be happening next. After all, our youngest daughter had just announced two days, not even two days, before I got sick that she'd become pregnant after a few months of trying, several months of trying. And I wanted to be there in August to hold that baby and be with her when she became a new mom. The other grandchildren were all growing up and doing neat things, and I wanted to be there to watch them. And I thought of my own kids not having grandparents for very long. I didn't want them to start losing their parents at such a young age. 
Luke 18, 1 says, Jesus said to pray instead of giving up or quitting. So I prayed to God for strength and for healing. This whole experience was not about me. It was about God and what he could do in our lives. He can provide miracles. In his own time, he's provided miracles when hope was lost. Prayers could be answered in due time. When my faith was tested, I would pray for strength to get through this test and not to be for my family, but to be for everyone. I wasn't afraid to go to heaven. I knew it was going to be awesome. And if it was his will, I was ready to accept that. But I prayed for my family. I continued to tell them that I was going to be okay. The Bible's filled with verses where God says to trust him in his ways. But what's the first thing to fade when things get shaken up? It's our trust. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your ways. God calmed me down several times during the roller coaster ride of test results our family went through in the waiting, and then the next test, and then the waiting again. It was agonizing having to call our kids and tell them that the test done before this one was wrong, and now the news was worse than what we had thought. It was so up and down, we didn't know where we were going. One particular test was rather stressful for me. I knew it was going to make or break the decision whether I could have surgery or continued treatment. I was anxious. It didn't help that I'm a little claustrophobic. I would be in a closed tube for over an hour. I was also wrapped from my shoulders to my ankles like a burrito, and it was tight. I also had a heavy weight put on my chest and a cage-like apparatus over my face. I began to pray. I don't know how long I talked to God, but eventually I decided that I'd bed his ear long enough and he needed a break. So then I started to sing in my head because I didn't want anybody hearing me outside. They'd think I was crazy too. But I just started making up a song in my head and it just started going and it was calming and comforting. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna write this down when I get out of here. It's just got to be put into a poem or something so other people could hear it. Before long, I was being rolled out of that machine, and I thought, i got to get to a pen and paper. got to write this down. It's going to be great. I was escorted out to Randy and quite anxious to get to a pen and paper. But all of a sudden, I realized I didn't have a word I didn't have a melody, I didn't have a note. There was nothing there. I couldn't remember anything. Something that had been so comforting to me was gone. I believe it was never mine in the first place. I think God sent some angels down. They sang me through that test. I couldn't move, I couldn't stop the test in the middle. I couldn't get out. I had to get through it, and I knew it. But he got me through that test. By the way, this is the test 
that they called us and said there would be no surgery and no real treatments to actually cure me. That we were just going to have to live with what we had. It was a test result that I told Randy I was going to be okay, that I was going to be going to heaven. I was going to see my dad, my friends, my relatives that I'd seen for not a long time, and I was ready that there wouldn't be any more pain, and I was okay with that plan. God knows what he is doing. God gives us gifts, sometimes that we don't even realize. Like the time you almost fell, but didn't. Or the time you almost wrecked, but you didn't. Or the time you almost died, but you didn't. Do you ever think to thank God? We need to give him more credit for what happens or doesn't happen. Start your day with a prayer of thanks. It's easy to forget often what could have happened did not because of luck, but not because of God. It's because he was there to make sure it did or didn't happen. The theme to Psalm 23 is everything belongs to God. Let us worship him and welcome its glorious reign. I'm thankful I had a doctor that didn't give up on me. He didn't want to believe the test results any more than we did. He kept digging. He offered yet another test that, of course, leaded to another test. But I agreed to it only because he told us it would help them decide on a treatment that could help me prolong my life so I could make it to August to see that baby. So I went back for yet another couple tests. And I asked God again to give us some hope, some good news. I asked him to keep trying. I have to admit, I even bargained with him. I told him if he got me through this and gave me my strength back, I would become a loud Christian for him, a better disciple. I would make him proud. Well, he's given me that chance. I'll never forget the day the doctor walked into the room. My sister, Randy, and my oldest son were there with us. The doctor had a smile on his face, and he was dressed in scrubs, which was unusual. He had stepped out of a liver transplant surgery to give us the news personally. He said, you don't need surgery. You don't have cancer either. We were stunned, to say the least. He didn't stay long. He had a physician's assistant with him, who we've gotten to know quite well through this journey. After he left, I sat in my seat, just letting all that information sink in. Soon I felt her hand on my shoulder, and she said to me, are you a spiritual person? And I said, yeah, you have no idea. And she said, yeah, I know. And you need to believe you are a miracle. This just doesn't happen. He's given me the chance. So now I'm keeping my part of the bargain. My strength's back. And I'm able to witness for him that prayer does work. And the Bible proves it every day.
Joshua 1.9 tells us, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know if God changes things or just makes sure the right decision is made, but in my case, I feel like he worked a miracle in my life. I got placed in the right hands to be treated by the right people. The diagnosis was difficult. It could have been very different. I could have had unnecessary surgery or not been treated at all. I was so fortunate to have been home when I got sick. I'd been thousands of miles away just three days prior to getting sick so suddenly. I know God has got my back in this situation, not now, but just always. Now, Randy will tell you I'm a worrier. I like to identify as a planner. I like to have a backup plan for my backup plans. I like to have everything laid out in advance. I want to know who, what, when, where, how, why, all the details. If I'm going to have eight for dinner, I want to cook for 11. Nobody goes away hungry, unless it's their own fault. There's got to be a scoop left in the bottom of the bowl, because if somebody came back and it was empty, I would feel bad. So when Imagine Heaven fell into my lap, it was a win-win. At least I could get a glimpse of what other people had experienced. And when I got that terminal diagnosis, it was like, okay, now I can make plans. I know what I have to get done, or should get done. I kind of felt like it was a gift. It wasn't going to be a surprise. I was given the opportunity to say what I needed to say to everyone. I was given the time to write a letter to each of my children, my husband, even if they didn't want to hear what I had to say, that envelope was going to be available for them. I could tell them how proud I was and what I expected of them in the future. It's just hard for some of us to let go and trust God. Has it all figured out? We have to be involved with our own destiny, I guess. But when we we surrender our hearts and our trust to God, he works in miraculous ways. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives haven't happened yet. We need to have faith that things will work out. Maybe not how you planned, but it's just how it's meant to be. Being a planner is sometimes misinterpreted to be a worrier and trusting that God is beside you every step of the way can sometimes challenge, but we have to keep reminding ourselves. He is, and he has a glorious place for all of us to spend eternity. That is the much grander than we can imagine. I personally take a little comfort in getting a small glimpse into what other people might have experienced, and even though it tells us all the way through the Bible, I just need a little extra assurance.
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, please continue to help us realize how great and powerful you are, that everything in our lives is because you are in charge. Help us reflect on our lives and your goodness, and we will recall the memory of the many times you were there for us and intervened and turned a situation around for your glory. It could only be you, God. Amen.